We all need to laugh. We choose truth over facts. And now for a perpetual political protest in progress. Judge my physical mental suit, my physical as well as my mental fitness. Coffee time. And welcome to the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. This is Jason Floyd, your host, and I am online with a special guest, uh, Andrew Elliott, today. Uh, today is uh, the 18th, and uh, this is a Wednesday. We normally would be recording this on Saturday, but I found a screaming deal on a camper trailer up in Big Lake, so I had to drive up this, this weekend and buy one of those... Uh, Buy that trailer. It's like $25,000 trailer I got for like fourteen grand, which which is awesome. And I bought that from somebody who is fleeing the state. They're moving to Florida. So welcome on the show, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm glad it's the last day of session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so just to bring people up to speed, Andrew is a staffer and was my former roommate uh, when I was working with Ron Gillum down in uh, Juneau. And um, he is a staffer for Representative Chris Kirka, who is also running for governor. And so I called up Andrew today to uh, just kind of check in with him. He's got a couple of minutes. Uh, now, Andrew, they're, they're just, are they in session right now? Are they on the floor? Um, we just took a recess until 1 p.m. because there's a big photo shoot happening on the steps of the Capitol. Yeah, we, we um, wouldn't want to interrupt the photo shoot for business. <laughs> correct yeah. so so um so anyway i i had asked andrew for a couple minutes of his time and hopefully we'll be able to check in with him again this saturday and have a sort of a prolonged uh more more in-depth review of this uh legislative regular session uh from the eyes of a uh, capitol hill a staffer um but today i asked andrew specifically to talk about the budget vote and the numbers so uh by the numbers by the vote when it came to the house for concurrence tell tell us real quick andrew what concurrence means concurrence is essentially well basically in order to pass a bill any bill whether it's an appropriations bill or anything else you have to get a majority of votes 2111 uh, 11 in the Senate and 21 in the House for the exact same language. So essentially what happened was the budget passed the House, it went over to the Senate, they made a bunch of changes, and then they passed the bill and sent it back to the House and said, hey, do you agree with our changes? And if you get 21 votes in the House, then essentially the exact same language passed both bodies. And so that is a way to get the same language to pass both bodies. Now, if that fails to happen you send it to a conference committee of three senators and three representatives to work out the differences in what legislation passed each side. So, so, so I know that your boss, um, you know, running, running uh, a legislative office and, and representing the voters in his district and simultaneously uh, campaigning for uh, a new position as governor of the state uh, has a lot of attention on him by the media. And, um, and when this budget came down for concurrence, 
Uh, he was one of several votes that voted against concurrence, and and he has. I'm hoping to have him on to talk more about the reasons behind that. But um, it's it's hard to miss the fact that the those folks in the media. I've been listening to Mike Percaro and Dwayne Bannock and a number of others uh, in the media, watching sort of the feeds uh, coming across the wires. Um, are very, very critical of your boss and uh, David Eastman for their votes. But, but they weren't the only folks that voted against concurrence. Tell us, tell us a little bit about how that vote went down. Uh, yeah, so essentially the, the, the final vote on concurrence with the Senate budget, which the Senate budget did contain a $5,500 uh, PFD payment, and that would amounted to about $3.5 billion being distributed amongst Alaskans. Um, that vote was 22 no's to 18 yeses. Um, and that vote essentially because it failed, um, it, it went to conference committee. Now the, the vote, you know, and this is why the PFD issue is not a straight Republican Democrat issue. There were five members of the house minority in addition to the two Republic, two Republicans from the house majority, uh, all so there was a total of seven Republicans that voted against concurrence. And real quick, who, and who like, were those? Who were those folks? Um, so uh, you mentioned uh, Christopher Kirka, David Eastman, uh, Representative James Kaufman, Representative Bart LeBon, Steve Thompson, Kelly Merrick, and Louis Stoops. Now those last five names. Mm-hmm. are conspicuously uh, conspicuously absent from the conversations being had about this budget. And, and it seems to me like the entire uh, issue of concurrence and the entire issue of the PFD have become the focus of the pundits and uh, the, the folks in the so-called conservative caucus and have been hung squarely around the necks of Kirka and and Eastman, but it sounds like that's not a fair assessment of of how that vote actually went down. Do you are you at liberty to speculate as to why the other folks' names are being left out of that conversation? I mean, I, I think I'm going to just take the uh, I'm going to assume the best of the people that have been talking. I would assume the reason they're not talking about those other five people is that was not a surprise. It wasn't a surprise to me. Those five people have um, consistently voted against full PFDs over the last few years, with the exception of James Kaufman. He did vote for the full PFD amendment to the budget last year um, when it failed on a tie vote. Um, but since then, he has consistently voted against full PFDs. Bart LeBon and Steve Thompson have also voted against full PFDs, and Stutes and Merrick are also the usual suspects that are against the, the full statutory PFD. So uh, I think that they're kind of left out. Just main, my main assessment would be because it was expected, um, but I, I can't really speculate more than that. Now, we know that, that there were a whole bunch of uh, Democrats who voted against concurrence. Um, and, uh, and two in particular we had talked about who voted against concurrence, but had Kirka and Eastman voted for concurrence, or actually if four, I I guess it would have been four people voted for concurrence rather than, uh, you know, out of those seven, 
that mm-hmm. it was highly likely that these other folks would have changed their votes. Who were those folks? So I think so. two more votes for concurrence would have tied it. So traditional math says if we get three votes, we can defeat concurrence. My speculation is that there were two votes that voted for concurrence that would have flipped back the other direction if there was a chance of it passing. So if it, hypothetically, if Kirka and Eastman had voted for concurrence, we would have been sitting at 2020. I believe that if one more person had jumped from no to yes, then either Representative Chris Tuck or Representative Tiffany Volkowski uh, would have jumped over to the no column. Now, a lot of these, a lot of these pundits and, and folks talking about this on the wires and and the airwaves uh, have been talking about how this was this was just a a, a myopic uh, sort of vote on the part of Eastman and Kirka because of the pro life language that the Senate had stripped from the mm-hmm. the budget that was sent to them by the House. But uh, but there's some bigger issues at play. Um, I- am I incorrect in in the assessment that this is the single largest budget that the state has ever passed or is is considering passing? Yes, it, to my the research I have been able to do show that absent the PFB, this budget is over fifteen billion dollars, um, with all state federal funds included. Um, the largest budget in state history that I was able to find was back in FY 2015, the one that was passed in 2014. That budget was a little over $13 billion once you subtracted the PFD. So, yes, to my assessment, this is the largest budget in state history. So I, I had um, heard somewhere that, uh, that this constitutes about an 8% or 8.5% increase in government spending um, mm-hmm. and that something like 200 new state jobs have been created as well as a number of yes. large capital uh, projects, uh, ports and I think railroads and some other stuff. But um, yeah. uh, it strikes me strange that in a time of out-of-control inflation, where people are fleeing the state in droves, um, and we have a short-term windfall of money because of inflation and the high price of, uh, price of fuel, with uh, mm-hmm. the very real possibility of economic collapse in the next couple of years, that we would be going to the public treasury and saying, it's time to build more liabilities. And that's mm-hmm. what ports and railroads and things are, is their liabilities. They, mm-hmm. There's that initial startup yeah. cost. But then they cost money to maintain. And Alaska is not kind to infrastructure. It, it has a tendency to tear it apart. So yeah. um, would you say that it's a fair assessment to say this is a much more complex issue than just some stripped uh, pro-life language? I would say you're exactly right. I think it is much bigger issue than just the pro-life language, which is a big issue and the PFD, which is also a very big issue, but I think this budget is much bigger than all of that, and it, the conversation needs to be perceived as such. So I know, you know, in 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 Juno, there's the proverbial sort of uh, staffers water cooler. Um, you know, folks get together in various venues, whether it's down at the pub or over a board game in the evening, or you know, in the uh, down by the cafeteria or between committee meetings. Um, mm-hmm. 
what is your sense of the reality that a full five hundred or five thousand five hundred dollar PFD and energy supplement uh, was actually going to result from this um, initial budget uh, sort of shot? My personal assessment of that is that the chances of fifty five hundred dollars happening if the concurrence vote were were to have succeeded was pretty much zero. That's just my assessment because the, the rumor was that in order to get the concurrence votes from James Kaufman, Bart LeBon, and Steve Thompson, that, um, they, that the governor would have vetoed at least the energy relief check down, and that would have vetoed down to a full statutory PFD of about forty-two dollars or $4,300. Um, so, and I don't even know if those rumors were even true. It's very possible that those three names that I just mentioned were a know all along and we, it was never really in the cards to get the votes. Um, but if it was, I think the chances of a, of a, uh, of a, of a $5,500 PFD were almost zero. But, and also people need to understand that the votes were, might have been there at one time, but, the speaker and the house majority shut down the floor sessions and refused to hold the vote for several days. And so they essentially just waited it out until they could convince the proper people to vote. No, the three names I just mentioned, Kaufman, LeBron and Thompson, as well as people like representative Darren Tarr, who we thought might've been a yes at one time, all of those people voted no. Um, and I think it was because they stalled and stalled, and the majority negotiated and negotiated and got those people over to their side. So I think a lot of this needs to be laid at the feet of Louise Stutes and Bryce Edgman because they refuse to follow the rules because canceling four sessions is against the rules. The body decides when the four session meets. And once they decide that, that's it. You can't change it, but they've been doing it for the last two years and we've been letting them get away with it. So the question is begged is what rules do we follow if the rule makers break the rules? Exactly. And hold on, Jason, I probably have to let you go soon. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, Andrew, and we look forward to catching up with you after the session and, and your uh, move, uh, your closure of the office. And we will uh, talk to you again this Saturday. You've been listening to the Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. We've had a special guest, Andrea Elliott, staffer for Representative Kirka. Thank you, Andrea. Uh, Andrea. <laughs> Andrew. And we'll talk to you again on Saturday. Hey, thanks, Jason. I appreciate you having me on. No problem. Silence! I kill you! <laughs> so, I love that one. Looking, looking for... Uh, Silence! I kill you! <laughs> just looking for a transition back uh, from Andrew. Um, so... For those of you who are not in the uh, cafe studio here, studio, <laughs> studio, uh, you will you will not know how much time has transpired since the interview with Andrew and Loretta being here. We we've had an entire stimulating conversation. <laughs> well, you should have recorded that. Come I know on, that we should have like been on the air weeks for it. worth of info. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had uh, two folks in here. One of our Liberty Action AK friends, uh, Garrett, and uh, a buddy of his, and. Uh, we just we just couldn't stop talking, and so now we're back on uh, the conservative hour of power and enlightenment. Salon. A, a lot several, of it you couldn't have talked about several <laughs> several hours later. Um, but uh, 
So, yeah, this is a, uh, a catch-up episode because uh, we have to catch up from last week. And so we're recording this on uh, Wednesday, uh, the 18th, and today is the last day of the legislative regular session. Yeah. <laughs> so, Good luck. So um, I, I wanted to... Do you to, think the, what they, what they can do 10 more days? Can't they, I, they can extend, yeah. Yeah, but they can extend 10 more days. Too special, yeah. And then and then they have to get uh, and and then then they have to call it officially. Yeah, it's, it's so they'll do the ten more days. Yeah, maybe we'll get to see uh, another room barricaded from the outside. Well, I, I miss people, that. People That's... lock themselves in chamber to uh, avoid facing the public <laughs> and an actual vote on the floor. Mm-hmm. So, um, actually, Loretta, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> hand you oh, no. uh, a letter. Uh, we received a special piece of correspondence. Uh, just recently, uh, give me your initial thoughts. You, you, you're holding in your hand a, uh, describe it, describe well, it. Well, it actually, you know, it looks like a wedding invitation. This is how wedding invitations right, right. come, the, the, the font and everything. I forget what font that is. It's actually printed. Yeah, but the printed, the font that's on it. Right. It's, it's not a, I mean, they've gone to a lot of effort to find a nice, a nice, a nice looking font is, and usually when people send wedding invitations, they don't use um, Times New Roman, which is very square, you know. Right, right. This is one of these angled, you know, it's got a little bit of angle, little curly cues on it and flourishes on the A's and the K's and, you know, it's, it's really pretty looking so it's addressed to oh amokan coffee Amokan-ken. social club right yeah. right yeah, and, and the return address no none none okay none. Right. you know third of may was sent on the third of may right so you've had this for a while i've had it for a little while it's mm-hmm. been it's been sort of uh, sitting stagnant on my desk <laughs> did you open it right away Oh, uh, my wife actually opened it. Oh, thinking where she was invited to. Right, right, because we often get invitations. Yeah, that's what that looks like. Yeah, or thank you cards. You know that it's that. That's what I actually thought it was when she handed it to Mm -hmm. me. And then it's even got the. There's a little piece of paper inside. Cardstock. Cardstock that. I think they cut. Did they cut? I don't know. It looks like it was lovingly uh, yeah. designed to encapsulate the, yeah, it's, the letter. Yeah, it really contained. does look like. I was looking for the little, you know, the one, the only thing that's missing. Next time when you do this, put the little piece of tissue paper inside. Oh yeah, you the know, gossamer. They, they the little or, gossamer. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. I have no idea what. You can put a monogram on it. Oh, okay. Right. Because usually wedding invitations have a little. Yeah, the gossamer with the watermark. Yeah, on it. that would have that really upscaled this. I tell you that right away. Well, the paper's just ordinary. Ordinary Eight and a half paper. by 11. Right. You know, right. oh, a nice message for you. I come to your shop once in a while as a special treat or to bring a friend for a coffee and a time to chat. I came in on Thursday. I saw your interaction, in quotation marks. I don't know her, but I knew who she was. What did you do to her? <laughs> I listened to your podcast. That must have been the day after. I guess. Uh, two days after. It was suggested to me on Facebook. There's, it's n- the, neither one of those are sentences, I don't think. Right. Uh, I will never come back to your shop. WWJD. Well, I don't know if Jesus would write this. <laughs> you know, and well, well, have better I, grammar. You, you know, um, as long as we're using acronyms for things. <laughs> I mean, I, it doesn't necessarily mean what would Jesus oh. do. I'm pretty sure that... 
that should actually say, what would Jason do? What would Jason do? What would Jason do? Because it's the same acronym, right? Yeah. So, so what Jason would do. What okay. did you do in public that, that offended a, someone that much? Right, in the coffee shop. In the coffee shop. Somebody that they knew who they were but didn't know them. No. But felt I've, so inclined to... Yeah. To take the painstaking efforts that they did to, to well, I feel file so sorry this letter. For this, I feel so sorry for this person that they were so um, astonished, amazed, embarrassed, angered, whatever. Whatever this is, it would make you do this, that they need to get a life. Yeah, it's interesting. Think, Unfortunately, they won't be something. listening to the podcast anymore. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, you know, and um, we can't even send her a reply well, because she didn't send a... Well, they're disassociating. And I don't know that it was a she. Well, that's true. But, I, I but, can't imagine a man I mean, doing if that. If we can I'm have sorry. a profiler no. look at this letter, it might be assumed it was a she. Yeah, it's a, it's a whining older woman wearing weird glasses, you know, the little round metal frame glasses, you know, with the short hair, gray haircut, maybe with a few pink or green strings. String. <laughs> no? <laughs> I don't know that there was anybody in the shop that, you know, typically those types of folks don't come to our shop. Well, maybe uh, she was disguised. They only shout. The ones that come to our shop that fit that description usually shout something, yeah. and I have to call the police. And wearing and Tiva sandals. Aren't Tiva sandals the one they all I, wear now? I think now? it's Isn't extra tufts turned extra down. Extra tufts turned down? We've talked okay. about this before. Yeah. They but, had a uh, No, no. Uh, you know, one of the wonderful things about being a private club and asking for people's names with every order. Oh. <laughs> Is is that uh, generally speaking, we have a record of who's been in the ah, shop every single day. That's good. Yeah, and so so the only interaction that I could think of during that time frame that might have been a little bit touchy, oh, a little okay. touch and yeah. go. Um, and we don't want to we don't want to wow. spread rumors because no, I didn't won't. touch anybody. No, but uh, a, a little sensitive maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, struck a nerve, uh, you might say, uh, was when I uh, asked. Uh, Representative Ron Gillum's wife, Pam, mm -hmm. who had come in the shop, uh, if she had any comments on or any insights into mm -hmm. the expulsion of Representative David Eastman, mm -hmm. arguably one of the most conservative voices in the conservative caucus, the Republican caucus in the House, um, why he was expelled from the caucus. And uh, no, more, more to the point, you really want to know what Ron Gillum's thinking right. with, with some of these votes. Let's not beat right. around the bush. Well, and, and typically, <laughs> typically, you can ask a man's wife that question, and they will know exactly yeah. what they're thinking. Yeah. They might have even thought it for them. That's true. Yeah, and, that could uh, be. It is a very small club down there. So in, in, in that exchange, uh, Miss Gillum was not real happy. Uh, she was upset, and mm -hmm. um, she just told me, well, you just don't know. <laughs> And I said, yeah, I know. Inquiring minds yeah. want to know, but essentially, yeah. not my exact words, but, no. um, you know, I didn't drop it is the point, I guess. And, and, uh, and the more I got a little excited, the more I persisted to say, well, you know, it's really important that we do know. Mm -hmm. And I did make a statement that she probably didn't appreciate. And that was a statement that was, if Ron doesn't get out in front of this yeah. and tell people why he voted to yeah. get rid of one of the most staunch defenders of life yeah you know the preborn mm -hmm. one of the most conservative voices uh, on the floor when it comes to the budget that he might have a difficult time defeating his opponent Justin Refridge well he already has because he's 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 been missing most of the session and you know I heard of um, 
uh, an answer who, who, who's yesterday. Been, who's been missing most of the session? Ron from okay. dealing with people. I mean, I'm oh. not saying he's not been in Juno. Yeah. No, but, as far as I know, he stays in Juno. Yeah, he's, and that, that's not what I'm talking about. But right. he, he hasn't communicated. And someone yesterday I heard on another thing said, well, you've got the bully pulpit. You can always go and find a reporter that will listen to you. You can always send, and, and we forget about that. They can always have a staff member phone a radio station. Right. Or something. There's always something if you're clever and smart enough. And that's what wise politicians do. They send out a, a, a surrogate, a, whether it's it could be a family member, you know, sometimes. It, you well, know. you can distance yourself from their comments by saying, well, they really didn't. Well, no. Understand. President Trump would send his, kid to, his kids out. Right, right. As spokesman for them. And even if they got offline a bit, there was still somebody out there keeping his presidency in the people's face. Ron Gillen could have done that. Right. I'm sure. I, I, I don't think he's entirely... Doesn't he have a staff member? His wife could have gone on things and communicated his ideas. He's got to be somebody that works he, in he his has, office. He has very capable staff. Well, uh, they could have gone and, and talked to somebody. Right. And that's what I mean when, when we're not hearing. But then Dunleavy didn't do that either. He never... Well, sometimes when you're doing things doing. that are unpopular, just not he, saying yeah. anything is considered to be strategically shrewd and that's what i'm interpreting that as and so are a lot of other people we're not stupid out here you know yeah. we may not understand what house bill whatever whatever and the robert's rules of order and the way the formalities work well to her credit miss gillum told me that i should talk to ron well and, yeah. and that's fair yeah. that's fair right yeah. i mean he is the representative mm -hmm. So uh, I did reach out to Ron. I okay. called him. And, and, and he, uh, he talked did, to you right well, away? No, no, oh, he didn't okay. answer. And, and I he do, came on I, the show. And I do have his direct line. Oh, so He came on the show then? Nope, nope, didn't come on the Not show. Not that either. Okay. Um, sent you I a letter. Do, I sent him a text when I didn't receive. Uh, and he, he answered with voluminous text, right? Well, he gave me a, a decent text okay, that good. said, basically, there, yeah. I'm very busy. Uh -huh. I have many public engagements, and I won't be able to talk to you until the conclusion of the session. So public engagements, where were they? Like I was well, trying to... I, I didn't ask him where those were, but I did send him a text back that said, well, fortunately, we now have the opportunity to talk to you directly on the phone with our <laughs> podcast, and we'd love to hear the reasoning behind your decision to vote David Eastman out And he phoned in right away. No, 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 oh. he didn't do that. Um, I, I'm so, not liking where this is going. So you'll recall, I mean, we, we were at the Sportsman Show, uh -huh, yeah. you know, two weekends ago. In in Politics Alley. Yes, we were right at the end yep. of the trough. and yep. um, They walked by a lot. Yeah, and so uh, we were actually right between the uh, Kirka for Governor and the Pierce for Governor yep. booths. Pierce was kind of kitty corner from us. Yep. But three stalls down, I believe it was three, the Republican District 30, now District 7, I guess it is, had their booth set up. And, and he was Mr. there. Mr. Gillum was there every day. Yeah. Which was awesome yep. if you were a constituent that wanted to talk to him. And he unless, came and talked. Unless your name was Jason. Ford. Oh, and he, he didn't talk. To no, you. no, he oh. didn't. And I think he was actually surprised to see me there the <laughs> entire time with our podcasting studio. <laughs> actively interviewing every politician who wanted, uh, to, wanted to watch sort them. of illuminate their uh, you know voting record and talk about the decisions they were making or the promises they were making 
for the new so, session. So when he had to go by your booth, he walked down the aisle and around? Is that how You know, I don't think he like... actually ever walked by our booth. I think he avoided our booth. Yeah. I asked him several times if he would come and speak. And, and mm. you know, people are going to ask, well, Jason, didn't you work for Mr. Gillum? And I, yeah. Yes, I did. And, and I'll make this crystal clear. I told Mr. Gillum when I was hired yeah. that if he ever did anything yeah. that directly acted against the preserva- preservation and championing of life yeah. for yeah. the preborn. Yeah. If he ever did anything against that, yeah. that he would lose my support. Yeah. Well, Mr. Gillum voted for concurrence on a budget mm. that stripped all of the pro-life language that was supposed to defund or stop state funding of abortions. Um, but what he did in addition to that was he also voted... Uh, to for concurrence on the largest spending budget in state history. Even with the funding for the PFD stripped out of it. So it's uh, not just the PFD that makes it the largest budget. Well, no, no. He, he voted for concurrence yeah. on the Senate's version. The Senate's version. So, okay. so he wanted to just say, we'll accept that, uh-huh. but we'll also accept the largest expansion of uh. government... In recent memory, mm-hmm. and these pork barrel projects funding new unfunded liabilities during a time of rapid inflation, uh, a volatile stock market, which oh, I'm yeah. told just fell a thousand points three, three percent today, and it's been that's not the only it's so, fallen uh, almost every day the last so, two weeks. So, a market that's in free fall. Inflation that is out of control, uh, a supply chain so disrupted we can't even get baby formula, um, yet these guys and gals in Juno decide to vote for the largest spending budget, creating something like 200 new jobs, increasing uh, spending by 8.5% overall. And then simultaneously also having an argument about not having enough money to fully fund the PFD yeah. now that yeah. it's not in concurrence, now that they're in yeah. this, uh, this yeah. conference committee or this, you know, yeah. they're, they're haggling, haggling. And um, he didn't want to talk about the fact that he supported removing Eastman, who, if memory serves, was one of the most visibly present people in the Capitol, in the House, on the day that they were reading the budget for the second time before they are going to pass it out, and providing a number of amendments that would have addressed this expansive spending. And uh, Mr. Gillum did not, uh, didn't want to talk about it. So... Uh, coincidentally, we get this uh, this message, this uh, this sniping through the yeah. mail system some, from somebody who is very uh, intent on not being identified, not having the courage to just confront us face to face, pretending to be one of the community, which I would argue they're not, because they know what we stand for here. We stand for liberty. We stand for Republican ideals, smaller government. Uh, we stand for life mm-hmm. above all else, that that is the one issue that defines all other issues, that if you ever attach life to any other issue, that, that life must prevail. 
And um, so, yeah, I don't hold a lot of stock in this no. letter. It's actually a cowardly way, if you think about it. It's a very cowardly way to... Um, to interact because they don't even know what was going on anyone watching any conversation from the outside if that person is indeed telling the truth and that they were a third party observing this well i would hope she'd write a better letter (laughs) well (laughs) seriously you know it it is what it is um but you know what it's traction yeah it shows that that people like myself like you Mm -hmm. People who don't just accept, you know, the the spoon-fed narrative that's sent down to us uh, and ask critical questions and don't stop asking questions when we meet a barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, that we're actually getting traction. When people feel threatened, they start doing things like mm-hmm. this. When people yeah. don't like to be confronted mm-hmm. on their uh, their logic or lack thereof in making decisions or supporting different ideas they resort to this well it's a very emotional response to something that should have had a simple answer well and and i don't know how emotional you should get about politics because politics is much bigger than um than than one comment and you know we talked earlier and i said you know, you can tell the Democrats are organized because the Republicans are all running around pointing fingers and yelling at each other in, in Alaska, conservatives included. And Democrats are just like sitting behind the scenes going, we'll, we'll let them, you know, we'll throw another squirrel out there. We'll let them self-destruct. And, you know, people that are listening to this need to understand what ranked choice voting can do. You know, those of you who think, well, you know, yeah, I can vote for Chris Kirka, but I'm not going to put anybody else's name on the ballot. Throw your vote away, please. Just don't even send it in. It's not worth it because well, I, that's a. I've gotten really, know. really um, active on social media lately, and I've been active on a number of boards, and just basically going scor- scorched earth. You know, I'm 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 not really, I'm not really worried about what somebody thinks about me. Um, I'm not really worried about a politician being upset with me, uh, because really they haven't earned. My respect. Well, that's they, what they're paid for. They're paid for the public to be upset with them. That, yeah, that's their job. Yeah, what, yeah. what is a politician's job? But they are getting upset, and and there are a lot of more of us than there are of them, and there's a lot of us that are really ticked off and really upset. And I oh. know that you have no faith in anything positive coming out of the political process. <laughs> no, I, I do. I just don't think... I don't... I really dislike circular arguments where... Just earlier, I said, well, you know, the ones that want the flat tax, well, good luck. It's a theoretical exercise, but voting this year cannot be a theoretical exercise. It has to, because we are, ranked choice voting was forced on us because we were too stupid as uh, political groups. I, I, I approached the uh, conservative ladies group and I told them I, about it. I don't think we're too stupid. I think we were deceived. No, no, I read clearly. I understood what it was about. I read no, no, it. I, I'm, when I say we, I mean that loosely in the term of Alaskans. That Alaskans were deceived. We were told it was, you know, that uh, this would remove the dark money. Yeah, the, but you could tell it wasn't because it was funded <laughs> it was by dark money. paid for by the dark money. It was paid for by dark money. <laughs> but, but see, this is, the, this, is, this is the conversation I think is important is to, is to beg and plead and encourage people to become multidimensional in their thinking. Stop thinking in sound bites. Stop thinking in this social media mentality of, you know, uh, uh, we're just going to launch 
and not do any research. We're not going to be critically minded. We're just going to name call because, I mean, there's a plenty amount of that being done on social media. There are very few people who are actually writing anything with reason behind it, but they're just launching with name calling. Well, and, 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 and it, rhetoric is fine. But when you ask a question behind the rhetoric and you get more rhetoric, I don't understand. You know, it's nice to say, well, we want more infrastructure, but great, roads. But what's going to fund the roads? Where's the money going to come from? How, how many can you? How many roads can you clear? I, I, I'm tired of that argument right. that we need more of. Well, I want to understand where the more the 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 way to fund the more of. It doesn't matter what it is you want more of. You mean of. have sort of like a forward-looking plan for maintaining whatever it is you're going to build? Exactly. You know, and the city of Kenai is a wonderful example of, someone told me once, you know, they, they, they get funding for things, but they don't look at the maintenance behind it. And I was told that the... Well, the next generation will pay for well, it. Well, the rec center in Kenai, I think, is going to be closed this summer. I could be wrong. Please really? tell me if it... Really? Well, I'd, I'd heard that, but it okay. needs a lot of upgrades and stuff. Yeah. But they've... You know, they've deferred the maintenance. They've deferred the maintenance, and um, well, it's very unpopular you know, to go back to people yeah. and say, "Hey, we built it, but now we need to yeah. tax well, you more." You know, the challenge. You know, it, the, these things yeah. get more expensive over time. They don't get cheaper. No, and the, and <laughs> let's okay. So you it's don't only want five million dollars to build yeah. this building. Yeah. I mean, hey, we can do that, right? Well, yeah. let's talk about the millions of dollars over the lifespan of this Ex exactly depreciating and, asset. You know, and the senior center in Kenai is the same. It's it's I, I've heard that. The, another one that's great is the Challenger Center. I remember when that was being built, and I kept saying, well, who's going to use it? How are you going to pay for it? Well, and they had this projected usage, and I, no, it's not going to work like that. Yeah. It's not going to work, and sure enough. Well, that's, what's ha it, that's what happens when, that's what happens when special interests get a hold of the politicians who yeah. have realized that they hold the keys to the yeah. treasury, yeah. and they can spend out of the public largesse and benefit a few people while many people lose. And, and uh, you know, we previously talked about this with Davy Crockett's, uh, you know, a speech on the floor, yeah. you know, about, about Congress misappropriating funds for pet projects and special interests and special things and how he had been taken to the woodshed by one of his constituents yeah. that said, listen, yeah. you obviously don't understand the Constitution the same way that I do. But uh, once you get a bunch of people in office that believe that they can just spend, spend, spend out of the public treasury, it just becomes, you know, which thief has the most power well, and, and what project and, do they fund? And I, I don't think these people go in to politics become venal, but I think what happens is they, it's this catch-22 where they go in and they want to do things and they didn't understand how it, it, it needs to be done and they're afraid. Because we've talked about one of the large, I've got an article here, it's, um, it's from Must Read Alaska and it was May the 2nd and Lida Green, House Bill 55, public pensions, they want to go back to the, um, uh, the defined benefit, defined benefit yeah. as opposed to the 401k and in within the article it talks about Alaska is the number one it has the largest unfunded benefit percentage we're number one you know what we should United, do to address it, that what we should build a couple of ports and some new rail lines what would that do with like <laughs> I missed my cue I, I should have put the crickets on yeah <laughs> I'm not understanding, but that's how that's called squirrel. You know, you distract. Well, it's it's but, it's it's that boom and bust mentality. It's like, hey, we, we're booming now. Let's build it while we've got it, 
and screw the future well, but, and but it's future not generations. That. You've got to go to say to brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, uncles, grandparents, and say, well, we can't afford your pension. Yeah. And and they don't want to. No one wants to do that. They no kind of get upset, too, when you tell them that. Well, and they sit down and they say, well, we've got to attract people to Alaska. Well, I can tell you right now, today, there's a new... Almost, I was almost didn't make it in today. There's a new survey being done in my neighborhood. Somebody surveyed another piece of land. Again, this is this progress. No, it's not. People are moving here without jobs. They don't need better funded pensions. Well, hey, we're going to have uh, these huge PFDs, right? Sure, and I'm sure that's why they're moving here. Till yeah. they look at people do understand it's a function. There's a it doesn't matter what formula you use to give to people, but the way the the money that is funded to give to people is a percentage of how much the stock market goes up and down. And I looked it up they, the other they, day. They, they haven't seen how much a gallon of uh, milk costs out in uh, Nome lately, have they? I, I just read somebody uh, yeah. on on social media. Somebody was posting that a gallon of milk out in the bushes nineteen dollars. <sighs> <laughs> Can you imagine a nineteen dollar gas? Well, or not gas, but uh, milk. No, nineteen dollar milk. I, I, I drink water. It's crazy. I mean, I drink water and eat vitamins. You know. Yeah. <laughs> they can send vitamins by the ton. You know. I mean that that's a delicacy at nineteen dollars yeah, a gallon. It's just crazy. You know. You know, but um, yeah. So. Well, and people don't understand. I looked the permanent fund up the other day, and um, it's it's only like eighty nine billion. You know it's, what, it's you, not hundreds of millions of dollars. At the deficit that the state of Alaska is running, that's le- that's all, just a little over 10 years. You could draw down the entire permanent fund and use it up in 10 years at the rate that there's overspending in Alaska. So it's not this, it's not this. People seem to think it's trillions of dollars in there. Look it up, look up, figure out what a billion is. I guess they don't know, you know. So, you know, from, from our politicians that want to take and, and, you know, change the pension benefits to new, new hirees, how, how can you trust any of them? Give so, me a break. <laughs> there. I, that's I, it. Yeah. That is the better one. Yeah. And that's why I love the guy. You know, I had a billions and billions uh, one. It didn't make it in the download. Oh, it didn't. That would have been perfect with yeah. your billions. You know, um, so... There's another, I've, I've got a prediction. You yeah. know, I, I think that a lot of people are mad about this PFD because they see the handwriting on the wall. They know it's going to go away and the government's just going to spend it into, into oblivion for, for entitlements and, and uh, paying off the 30% of those folks who work for the government, you know, through big labor. Which, by the way, there was a huge uh, amount of earmarking and uh, deals that were being made in this budget for big labor. And so, you know, how, don't, how did, don't believe... How does the state of Alaska... I'm, I'm not getting that connection. Big labor. I mean, who, who, who benefits from the destruction of the PFD? I have no idea. I don't... Government. Know. What do you mean? Like it's just a redistribution. You don't need your PFD because there's a state worker who needs it worse. Well, the, the, and so, so the, the government the has eventual... taken, taken the PFD from, from the local, the, out of the statutory concept, yeah. context, and they've redistributed it into these uh, government departments who employ people, and the biggest line item in their, in their budget is human resources. Yeah. And so it's a bunch of 30% of us yeah. 
our friends and neighbors out there working for the government saying, I need your PFD worse than you need it because I need to go back to a defined benefits program because the 401k sucks and I need more time oh, off. Oh, because with the 401k, need, you actually have to contribute yourself yeah, to yeah, have, yeah. It, have it yeah. be no, of any no, value. I, I need more time off. I need more paid leave. Yeah. I need yeah. more sick leave. Yeah. I need, I need, I need, I need. Yeah. And you... Mr. Rank and File, yeah. uh, Joe Q, John Q. Public out yeah. there, small business owner, you know, service industry sector, whatever. You don't need your PFD as much as I do because you know what I do. Yeah, I provide essential. No, they don't. Services. Nobody, nobody provides essential. And just as even a, if I do know, it for my bathrobe yeah, at home yeah, at full yeah, pay yeah. for two years under COVID. Well, if they want to think, but just as an aside, I'm just I've got the I've the permanent fund site logged up and as of march 31st and people have to understand the stock market has tanked since march 31st 2022 it was only 81 billion dollars yeah, and how how are all the people who hedged their bets with bitcoin well <laughs> bitcoin is uh has uh, has also struggled and yeah. had some so, serious but, issues but but the people that think that they when you asked earlier who benefits from the destruction of the permanent fund in the short term, the government will, but in the long term, the state of Alaska won't because when there's nothing there, they don't have that. And if they continue to agree with the Biden administration and not fight for oil and gas development or even uh, copper and gold mines or any development, you, you're not going to have that extra tax revenue come in. Well, let me tell you about my trip to Big Lake. So, okay. so I went to Big Lake last week yeah. because I, I was cruising Facebook. Okay. on marketplace and a notice popped up mm-hmm. bing yep. now i had been looking at campers right campers are stupid expensive right now just like used cars oh yeah, yeah and crazy and i i've been watching facebook and this thing popped up and it uh-huh. says here's this camper now uh-huh. it was an awesome camper it should have gone for about 25 grand oh i picked it up for like 14 oh, and, and change yeah yeah well, when I contacted the guy to say, what's wrong with it? Because it was way underpriced. Uh, he said, we're leaving. Yeah. We're going to Florida. We're leaving. We're going down there. It's cheaper. Uh, I can For do now. A, I can do a lot. <laughs> well, even even with what's inflation and the cost of food and fuel in Alaska. I, I, I'm talking about the distances. importation of all the liberals. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I will tell you that this is, a, anecdotally, this is a trend I've seen across my network. Okay. I have a number of close friends who have moved to Florida, and they're loving it. They've moved there for a variety of reasons. Yeah. You know, there's always the weather thing. You know, Alaska is not an easy place to live with Mm-mm. the weather, and it wears on people. And, and these folks that have moved, they're lifelong Alaskans, born yeah. and bred. And they're just like, you know what? A lot of things have happened, and plus the weather sucks. I think I'm going to go and sit on the beach for a while. And, <laughs> and I'm reading their Facebook posts, and they're loving Florida. And so, so I think, you know... I'm wondering how much of this outrage from the public about not fully funding the PFD yeah, is, is actually fueled by people's desperation for a large nest egg at the end of the summer that will fund their departure from Alaska, the move away from the state. If, 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 I, I, and I've said this for my from family, the, it'd be $27,000. Well, I mean, I could have yeah. a very a very enjoyable move. Sure, not really. I've moved quite a few times. <laughs> well, I mean, in the scale of enjoyability, it's always no. nice to have somebody else pack your boxes and transport them and, and be able no. to get out. Do without you know, it, without yeah. having to go in debt to move. 
Because yeah, every time it, I've moved, it's cost me money. It, it a is. lot of money. Well, and it always costs you money. It doesn't matter. It, but I'm but I've had to I've had to yeah. finance moves. Yeah. <laughs> you know? My, my husband worked for a corporation, and we moved quite a few times, and they give you counseling when you move because one of the number one stressors, they give you a list of 10 stressors that cause tremendous disruption in families and moving is up there with death and divorce. Moving is, so the people that think moving is easy, no, it's just, it's tremendously stressful. And it's not worth $27,000 in the whole scheme of things. Oh, get a better job. No, seriously. I've said this from the beginning. If you're moving here for the permanent fund. I'd have to close the shop then. (laughs) If I could get a better job. If you're moving here, because of the permanent fund, sweetie, you need to understand budgeting. <laughs> because that is, you'd have to have like 12 children to yeah. have it make any difference. You know, moving to another state, though, where you're less of a vassal is, is uh, you know, they're, they're, that's attractive in some ways. You know, where, where you actually own the ground that you're on and the what's beneath it. You know, and, and yeah. it might seem a small thing to people, but to me... That's a huge thing. You know, I would, if they wanted to say today, look, folks, we're not going to do the dividend anymore. We're yeah. going to get rid of it. Yeah. It's just too divisive. It's it's too much of an issue. Some people see it as a welfare program. You know, um, realistically, we're going to provide everything you need. But here's what we're going to do in, 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 instead. Yeah. We're, we're going to give you your subsurface rights back to your property. And uh, and you're going to get taxed because you know we never have enough. So just realize that's going to happen. It would be a jagged pill, but you know what? I'd swallow it. I'd swallow it if it meant that I got the subsurface rights back to any property I decide to purchase. Yeah, because then then, that, then, uh, then I can then I can monetize the gravel. Yeah. I can monetize the timber. Sure. And who knows? I might end up like one of those lucky Dakota boys that uh, they found a gas well under you know or a oil well under their property and they just rode off into the so sunset. Here I'm going to go throw water on your parade <laughs> here because I've lived in states where they've had that and yeah. bought houses in they states all moved where to they Florida. have that. No, <laughs> when you buy the pro- the house, what you get is you get two D two pieces of paper and one says oh by the way 40 years ago we sold the subsurface rights right and here's who owns it and here's the title to your house but you still have the option to look for property that still retains those. very little of it does most in most of those states very little of it does yeah some of it does retain well it made that guy with money the property it made that guy money well the one but, who sold it but there is a downside in new mexico yeah. they sold water rights we bought a piece of property in new mexico where we they said very clearly oh by the way you do not have the water rights to this property yeah and they give you very clearly what you can do i mean so, what's water so no, it's <laughs> it's it's a ponzi scheme jason these are ponzi schemes um it's all a grand illusion the, it's a grand illusion the first people in make the most money just like a ponzi scheme but as it goes down it gets filtered out the water rights get sold the mineral rights maybe get i sold. should run for office well that I don't sounds know. like one of those first people in yeah. all that i know is up the road we had this piece of property rural texas and eight houses up the road they drilled a, a gas well right an exploratory gas well yeah 
I know that. So don't say, oh, it's never going to happen. Well, I, I had now property. With, I had property in Nikiski, and I had yeah. the. I had an oil company come to me and ask if they could. Yeah. If they could do seismic on my property. Yeah, we did. We we I, had a piece too that I, they said they were. I told them, yeah. well, how much do I get? Yeah. And now with <laughs> and dire- you they know, didn't want to give me anything, yeah. and I said, no, yeah. go do seismic yeah. somewhere else. And and now with directional drilling, they can oh, you know they, yeah rule a capture. They, they can just take it from under you and. Well, yeah, and, and so it doesn't mean anything anymore. All that, you've got that's to do an old English law you should go look up. It's called rule of capture. Okay. And and it the means, rule is is that if your yeah. cow yeah. wanders onto my property, uh, okay, it becomes my cow. Yeah, okay. So yeah. in all of the twisted sort yeah. of massaging and torturing yeah. of the law and yeah. d- and definitions, yeah. the lawyers. The oil yeah. field lawyers yeah. were able to say that directional drilling, yeah. if I can get if I can get my well yeah. to extract yeah. oil from under your property, yeah. in essence, your oil is, is wandered yeah. onto my yeah. <laughs> onto my oil, Derek. And that's what they do is they find a piece of property that has the mineral rights attached, they drill or they buy the mineral rights under the property and then they look to see if they can drill on the property and they just directional drill because I'm sure that he was looking all around right. in right. the area and they just didn't care yeah. about the rest of us. But I don't think there's any... Uh, you know, we've lived in states that have... Uh, 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 Income taxes, mm-hmm. and we've lived in states other than Alaska that don't have income taxes, and and this is why this is a specious argument. Well, if they would just, if we would just have an income tax in Alaska, everything would be perfect, <laughs> and everything would go away. Well, no, sweetie, because what happens is we've li- we lived in Texas, which doesn't have an income tax, but our property taxes were higher. We've lived in New Mexico, which had an income tax, but our property taxes weren't any lower. Lived in Alabama, which had a property tax, which had an income tax. Our property taxes were eh, sort of. And those here places and there. were much better places to live than Alaska. No, not better. Oh no, no, not really. Not really. No, it's oh. all relative. It's what you're. It's what you're looking for. Hmm. New Mexico is very, very poor. It has. It's very liberal. Very poor. Would never live there again. Do yeah. those things coincide a lot? Poverty yeah. and liberalism. There was a, there was sort of an irrationality about people that lived in. Uh, when we lived in New Mexico, it became the first minority majority state. It had trans. It, it was right. the fr- first state that had a majority of minority folks. of minority folks. Okay, and it was the Hispanics, the Hispanics, and the Native Americans. Right, right. Were, they outnumbered. They outnumbered the non. non. Right. Is that, yeah. So uh, there was an attitude that went with that, that we want more, but they never could provide it. And you go look at all the stats on New Mexico, hasn't improved since right, we left, which right. is... Well, I would argue that, that Alaska is very liberal. Alaska is very liberal in what I mean, they want. They dress up. We, we cosplay as conservatives. Yes, we do. <laughs> we know? do. And you can, we, you, we, we walk around with the shiny pearl-handled revolver, yeah. and we're like, we yeah. like our Second Amendment, but... We also want all the services. Well, no, you, and you talk to the people, and I'm not disparaging people, but I am. Because you talk to them, <laughs> and they come here, and they say, well, you... Let's unpack that. <laughs> well, I'm trying to be nice, but <laughs> after a while, you get tired, because they come and they say, well, gee, I wanted to move here, and I wanted this. And then the first thing they start complaining about, well, the snow is not plowed enough, and the dirt road <laughs> is too dirty, and the, the street corner... Like, I'm they sensing want... a common theme in Nikiski with the snow plowing, the, the, the dirt road, the... Are there really that many gentrified people moving to Nikiski? And no, but you listen to the back conversation that they have. You listen to the way oh, they couch it, yeah, yeah. and you can tell within five years they're going to want a paved road and streetlights. 
you can just tell because they, they it's just the way they, they couch everything. Now, well, now they're you know, going like, to want you to pay for it, though. Well, no, because that's... Because that's, um, that's what's required in the no, borough. You have to go get all magic. of your... <laughs> no, because it's magic. Because It'll if just you, happen? It just happens, oh, is right. the way that... And this is what we've got, is we've got a lot of people that think that they're conservative, but they truly don't understand that conservative means you have to do a lot yourself. You know, it, it means that when you buy rural property, you may have a nasty neighbor next door that you have to put up with. That would never happen in Nikiski. That happens everywhere all the time. Who, <laughs> yeah. did, who, did, who came in here the other day that was complaining because they bought a piece of rural property and somebody, the borough, sold property next to him and they're putting in a subdivision? Right. And I feel like saying, sweetheart, why didn't you look it up? Yeah. You know, anytime you live next to one of these large pieces of property that's owned by Mental Health Trust or the borough, it could be sold. Well, all, all you need to do, all you need to do is you need to look for those rare pieces of land that do exist that are in holdings in the federal parks and preserves. Exactly. Or, or and then your, you're guaranteed your moose neighbors or the moose range. will or, be or, the only neighbors you ever have. Yeah, or the, or the moose range land. You're but bored be by aware, beware, yeah. because the feds have taken to this policy of saying, oh, by the way, yeah. Uh, you may have occupied this cabin for generations, well, but your children are the last generation who yeah. are going to get to live here. There's a there's a whole reality show about on, the on, last Alaskans. Yeah. It's yeah. called the Last Alaskans, and it and it and it oh, documents. Yeah, it's it's actually one of the better. I think one of the better <laughs> reality TV shows oh, about gosh. Alaska <laughs> because it documents like six or eight families that have private inholdings in, in Anwar. Okay. Right? Interesting. And and so they've had these cabins for generations. Yeah, and they're and, the last ones. And they're the last ones because they said after this generation dies, yeah. we're burning them yeah. down. Yeah. And you have yeah. no land rights. Yeah. So it's a taking by the federal government yeah. Yeah. to expel people who have made their livelihoods generationally off the land, but then in if you the went, most remote place on the planet, you, almost. But Jason, you're not understanding. <laughs> this is this is. They've had a poll that they've done, or they've done a Twitter, whatever, or a, a TikTok video that says, "Please like if you want us to whatever." And they've gone in and they've shown a photo, and they said, "Well, this is in pristine land. Should it be there?" And they go, "Oh no," because they don't understand that that is uh, th- that they're totally being driven by. Uh, opinions by people do, that have do, never lived do, here do that don't poll, understand. Do a poll about pristine land with uh, twerking TikTokers. <laughs> and uh, and then that's how you define your policy. Well, why, how is that unusual? <laughs> have you looked at who Joe Biden's invited to the White House? Have you looked at his deputy secretary of nuclear energy, the one I showed you? I brought yeah. the photo in. Yes, you yes. Felt, I, I, I can look it up. No, no, no thank you. No, no. Once was enough. <laughs> I actually ran across a photo of that, that gentleman uh, recently, and uh, it was in a, in a series of memes, and it and it yeah. and it said we have become Gotham City, yeah. and it showed all these people that have been appointed, and they yes. they looked literally like the yes. Penguin, the Joker, yes. you know, Catwoman, and <laughs> they were all dressed, but they're not bizarrely. dressed up for Hall- Halloween. No, no, they were. Oh, they were. They were. No. They were like wearing purple suits and. No, this guy. Uh, I mean, weird weirdness. No, the photo I showed you that we, he was not dressed up for Halloween. Well, he was dressed up as Catwoman. No, the one I showed you, <laughs> the guy was the dog thing. Or, or dog man. Yeah. Dog man. Yeah, that dog was man. a party. No, that is one of his hobbies. Right. Right. He, it's you've got to understand. This is what he does for recreation on a Saturday night. <laughs> this guy. So why is it taking a TikTok video on a poll of some person? Why is it? That, why does that surprise you? That that's how they would develop their policy? 
Uh, we've become a depraved society. Of course we have. That's what people want. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of, of Twitter, <laughs> uh, I heard today that, uh, that Elon Musk, mm-hmm. or actually there was a report recently done that said that out of the 22.2 million followers that Joe Biden has on Twitter, uh-huh. 50% oh, yeah, are bots. Yeah. 50%. Yeah. And and people are asking, well, what's the big deal with Elon Musk? You know, why why is he why is he saying that he believes that the number of bots in Twitter are actually higher than five percent? Yeah, <laughs> just the, very interesting. Very yeah, but interesting. I, I don't understand why people are puzzled why he would question it or why he should question it. I guess they think a bot's equivalent to. Are we already in a Star Trek drama where we're <laughs> we're evaluating where artificial intelligence actually is? Cons- is influencing things? No, equivalent to humanity. <laughs> yeah, no, that no, no, we've no, given no. them that no. bots are, yeah. are well, you have know, a valid I, opinion. Well, no, it's how they evaluate the the value of of Twitter as no, a platform. No, I, I get right? that, but what I'm saying is <laughs> for advertisement purposes. I'm under. I, I'm not understanding why people bots are not buying things. Yeah, but the, the people seem to think that they have a value. Oh. Yeah. Right? That's what I'm saying is there's uh, a group of know. people that seem to think that why should why should he care? I think there's a lot of people who don't believe it, who who refuse to believe it. No, no, there's 22 million of us because they want to believe that they are the majority, but they're not. They're not. The people who voted, quote unquote voted. Oh, you mean the ones who wear the pink hats that are shaped like <laughs> body parts? <laughs> They seem to think they're the majority. Uh, apparently. Hey, if, if conservatives walk around with pink hats on our heads, right? We'd look like a majority too, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how to respond to that. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, here's some other news. Moving on. Yeah, to Donald Trump. Oh no. You know, uh, because we all need a laugh. I. I wonder how the political con- consultants in these five states that just concluded their primaries are doing. Oh, how did he? Did he uh, lose? He 20, lost a c- 23 of the 27 candidates he endorsed. One. One. Okay. But Mad- Madison Cawthorn lost. Yeah. Who cares? Uh, I, I kind of liked him. He was a little... He was very much... It's interesting because he's everything that they wanted. And this is what I don't understand. He was handicapped. He had some like outre kind of um, <laughs> out there sort of habits. Uh huh. You know, he was a young man, and he participated in a lot of what our y- y- millennial culture thinks they should be doing. I don't know. Oh, if somebody you- recently used a term that I've I've only recently heard, and maybe I'm just out of the loop. Soy boy. Oh yeah, soy boys. Soy boys. He, he wasn't a soy boy, but but and yet they they, they demonized him because he was. Cause oh, I right. don't Because he see, wasn't a Democrat. Yeah. Did you, so? Did you see the YouTube videos that they got him for? No. I don't know if you saw them. No, no. Okay. I can describe. I'm them. generally not on YouTube. Well, it wasn't YouTube. It was Twitter, TikTok, whatever. One of them was. He, he wasn't twerking, was he? No, he made some weird kind of comment in a car. And his aide moved his hand to his genital, put his hand on his leg and whatever. Okay. And they implied that that meant he was... I have no idea. I thought being gay was nice. Was he assisting him with something? No, he, they were... 
they were doing your tip. They were joking. Oh, you know, they okay. were they're doing right. the whole, oh yeah, I love you oh, kind of thing. They were being satirical. I think they were. I think that's what I got out of it. But they turned it into something, and I thought and you well, can't you can't turn you can't do satirical. No, but I'm jokes. saying I thought you people thought gay was okay. Well, right? it's the wrong kind of gay. Okay, it's and just kind of like the, kind of like conservative, like black yeah, men can't be yeah, conservative. And you've, got, and you've got to understand that this is a handicapped man. Uh huh. This, oh, this they is, just recently made fun of Musk for that too. Oh, apparently he has He's Asperger's. Asperger's. Yes, he is. Yeah. But the other one that they got Madison Cawthorn for was he'd gone on a cruise of young people, and they had to wear. They, he had a bra or something on his head, and they were doing this or bathing suit top or something on his head, and they were it was some kind of game they had to play. And if you got an answer wrong, you had to wear whatever. And they mocked him for that. And I thought, well, you know, this is what young men do. Have you not? <laughs> right. When I was a young man, uh, if you did something like that, you would probably not have lived it down. It was a whole cruise ship full of people doing this. <laughs> Well, I guess when in Rome, you know. So obviously they were having a good time, <laughs> so having a a different a party generation with, than mine. Well, yeah, different generation uh. than mine. I'm not criti- but my whole point is is that the ones that lost were doing the things that the Democrats think is great and yet because they're conservative they lose. So they make no sense. Well, you know, on this on this uh, this record of Trump and Dorsey's winning, oh, pretty uh, good. you know, that is pretty good. Is that but, 75%? Uh, it's probably more 23 out of 27 oh so, gosh yeah you know probably closer to 80, 80. 82 percent something that's not I don't bad it's not bad that's not that, bad. that's a pretty good batting average yep you know and um uh my only my only hesitation here is that uh you know i hope that donald trump is listening to our podcast that would be <laughs> that would be just awesome if i hope not if the d-man <laughs> was was uh you know tuning in um, but I would caution him to maybe reconsider his endorsement of uh, Governor Dunnothing. And um, part of the reason for that is uh, Governor Dunnothing has, has uh, you know, nothing good anyway, um, has authored a bill, mm. a recent bill that is working its way through the legislature. I guess today's the last day for it, but... Uh, but if it passes, it's already passed out of the House, thanks to uh, a number of our local representatives who call themselves Republican. Uh, it would create a new uh, position in the state called the public health officer. A health officer. Sounds great. I, th- I think we need another one. Is this in addition to Ann Zink? Uh, well, see, unlike Mrs. Zink, w- who was able to uh, support the wrongful incarceration of a Bethel man who had tested a positive or asymptomatic for uh, COVID, a homeless Bethel man who had tested asymptomatic for COVID and was forced to quarantine in a hotel where he did not desire to stay, who when he left that hotel was returned to the hotel and who when he left it again was then incarcerated, which generally... Due process would require you to have probable cause to incarcerate somebody for breaking a law, which there weren't any laws, just mandates. Mm -hmm. Because mandates are things that are made by the administration and not 
codified but or Jason, what, passed. But Jason, they so, changed the word. Why, why so, is that? So, why is so, that so they changed. So what they've done now <laughs> they is they changed the meaning of the they've, word. They've well before before this all ran. Uh, you know, yeah. before the ship of fools ran us <laughs> off. You know, <laughs> the edge of the flat Earth. Uh, they, you would have to go to a court. Yeah, to get a to yeah. get a Title Forty Seven. Yeah. Um, order that said that you could be institutionalized in one of like two different places API, the Alaska Psychiatric Institute, or hospitalized otherwise, and so that you could be stabilized from whatever acute or, or yeah. manic episode you were having because yeah. you were a danger to yourself or yeah. others, right? Yeah. Right? Well, well, now with this new bill, it's just open, yeah, and there's no court involved, yeah. So if a health officer like Mrs. Zink or a psychiatrist or doctor or other learned person uh, from the state or federal level decides to say uh, that somebody who refuses to wear a mask is obviously having a mental health crisis because who would want to harm themselves, right? Because suicide is self-harm. And so typically somebody who's suicidal, we will title 47 them until they stabilize and they change their way of thinking from harming themselves to preserving themselves. So, so obviously somebody who refuses to wear a mask that the CDC is, says is necessary, I mean unnecessary or, or rather necessary, well, it depends on which week, I guess, you know. <laughs> um, the CDC says it's necessary to preserve your health and your safety. Now, one of these stuffed shirts, academics, elitists, most of them, can decide, well, you're a danger to yourself, so we're going to put you in a 72-hour hold. Oh, and by the way, if it's deemed necessary, we can give you psychotropic medications if you're non-compliant or, uh, you know, you get upset about this hold. But didn't they, I just Googled something, and this is what Ronald Reagan did. He he did the opposite of this. So so Dunleavy is trying to fill up. You know, well, it well, was one what, of the things. What's, what's going to happen? This what's going to happen yeah. is this is this is going to make it to where uh, the same thing that's happened with the January sixth folks, yeah, <coughs> who have been held uh, unconstitutionally, unjustly, in isolation, without due process for over a year, well over a year. Yeah. That one's politically motivated. But this is politically motivated, too. Right. This so is, so but, now but, people like you, yeah. people like me, yeah. uh, people who get too uppity on Facebook, yeah. let's say. Who are too passionate about their beliefs. Right. Speak in a little louder voice that maybe you were... We might be in do, crisis. We might be in crisis. And but, we might need to be sent to a crisis but, but stabilization was, center. You know, has enough time passed? You know, maybe... <coughs> And I get that. I get that time has passed because I'm. I'm just looking at this as Ronald Reagan. Um, Deinstitutionalization of the mentally ill started in the 1960s, so we're almost 50 years later. Did they forget? You know, and and why they did it was because they felt at the time. I remember reading about this was that at one time you could institutionalize anyone just as a family member. You could put someone in a in a in a hospital or an institute or something. So it has enough time passed that people don't understand the consequences of this type of a law or this type of action or something. You know, I'm 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 just absolutely surprised that they would consider it because you know that that did not turn out very well and well, um, there, there the, were, the releasing of these people 
Because what happens is is you eventually find anyone. You can you can institutionalize anyone right, for anything right, at some right, point. Right, right, and and if we play this out to its ultimate yeah. conclusion, we end up with places like um, was it Bulgaria? Uh, essentially, uh, so I had a friend who was a missionary. Mm-hmm. I think it was Bulgaria. It was a Eastern European country where, based on the affidavits of two family members, yeah, yep. You could take a family member yep. down to a local hospital and have them euthanized. Oh, euthanized. Oh, euthanized. I, thought, I, I thought institutionalized. No, no, this exists today. Yeah. Oh, and, scary. And, and when they passed that law, yeah. he left. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he didn't trust his family members yeah. or something, but, but he left. He was like, I cannot exist in a nation that is, is willing to euthanize somebody based on the testimony of two other people. Yeah, but that's happening in Canada now. Canada has, I, I have an article here, that, that they've now loosened their euthanization procedure. At one time, um, what is the... At one time, you had to have, it was like you went before a panel and they had to agree. Now what you've got in Canada, I think it's either passed or they're looking at passing it. You just have to say, well, I just, I, I don't even have a reason. Well, you have, you have these unhinged people that will report their neighbor who yeah. who let yeah. their dog crap in their yard to OCS. Yeah. I actually worked for OCS for a while and I met some of those people. Then you have the jaded bitter ex-spouse who's in the middle of a custody dispute. Yeah, the, the yeah. Who will then use other parts of the government to as weapons to wield against the partner that they're so so Dunleavy Dunleavy doesn't think either he thinks we're a kinder gentler group of people right now than the last twenty four hours, or he's he thinks because he thinks it's a good idea it's a good idea. I think Dunleavy tasted power, and I think a lot of uh, politicians tasted power and under has COVID. surrounded himself yeah. with a bunch with of people, people that who like the power. Yeah. And what they really, really hate yeah, is, is people like you and me. Well, dissenting. Yeah, any dissension. You know. and, and that's a threat. And, well, and well, so they yeah. create these yeah. things. And, and, yeah. and see, uh, Kevin McCabe yeah. is, he's, he's is, a, uh, he is somebody that I sparred with on uh, social media just uh, this morning, actually. Mm-hmm. He's trying to spin this as a good thing because this empowers the troopers. Well, no, it, while there are bar- parts of the bill that create some new resources, these detention facilities, <laughs> which he calls uh, resources, um, he doesn't address or talk about the creation of this health officer who is an extra um, but, outside of law enforcement you know, individual. Why would you want to give people that have that carry guns, no matter what, that are allowed to, the troopers, uh, I'm sure there's circumstances where they're not allowed to carry guns, but why would you want to give people that carry guns openly and have the power to use them with discretion, why would you want to give them more power? Especially over something as, as, as... Well, well what, they, what they were arguing, it, was, it didn't give... See, it doesn't give them more power. Well, that's just, what he said, though. It gives them more uh, places to put them rather than have them hospitalized or arrested. See, they, they use some really strange language. I went, my wife actually told me I should talk about this today okay. on the podcast because when she saw the post, she went to the bill and yeah. was trying to read the bill. And the bill is very long. Yes. 
has many parts and sections. Probably nobody can read it. And you have to refer. It always re- references other statutes. Yeah, yeah. It, so it, you've it, got it's, like it's, 40 different statutes yeah, or references impossible. that you yeah. have to go and cross-read, reference those, yeah. and come back. And, and see, p- politicians and lawyers do this. They, yeah. they, they, they create a, yeah. a pathway that's difficult yeah. to navigate. And uh, so to wade through all that, there's a way that you can get plain language. Yeah. If you go into a bill, if you go to Alaska legislature, and you go into a specific bill, whether it's in the Senate or House, there's a section in there that says documents. Okay, yeah. You click on documents, and depending on where the bill is in the process of you know hearings and whatever, you will get access to every document that is created. Everything from fiscal notes about how much this is going to cost mm-hmm. us if we pass mm-hmm. this bill to um, public testimony. Uh, people who write in with pro and con, you know, testimony for or against the bill. You'll also see um, basically an executive summary provided by the bill's sponsor that summarizes what the intent of the bill, what the language is. So it puts it yeah. in that sort of layman's yeah, terms. Yeah, which is now sometimes that's spun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Often is spun. Okay. And so you have to be, but it's supposed to give you some context with which to do your analysis of the actual reading of the bill. And so, so what this particular bill did was it, and I went through a lot of that. I didn't go through all the documents because I frankly have other things to do, but mm-hmm. I wanted to get at least a good flavor of what was happening. And there's a good uh, Alaska Watchman story about this that also does that. Okay. Um, but it essentially created some alternative sites that people could be housed during this period of time when they are not under arrest. Yeah. They're trying to create this secondary sort of level of, well, you're not arrested. Well, if you're arrested, they have to follow things called due process. Okay, yeah. Right? So there's a bunch of rules around that. So, so they've not created arrested, this, just, like, yeah. extra, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what you would call it, uh, it's outside of the arrest structure, but you're essentially being arrested because the definition of arrest mm-hmm. is to stop you yeah. from doing the things you want to do. No, you're going to be institutionalized. You're going to be you're gonna detained. Be, you're going to be detained in an institution, which is what you know they they, they fought to um, change well, in the sixties. And besides, you know, we don't have enough room for the homeless. Right. So this again, this is this is where this is a huge boondoggle in which somebody gets to build buildings somewhere. Well, and, and then also, you also know, it, in, it in, now gives a whole bunch of authority to a bunch of paraprofessional, uh, non-law enforcement people yes, who are in the uh, medical establishment, yeah, another, which, uh, yeah. which we know they would never steer us wrong. No, another right? group of ex- uh, uh, elites, Technocrats. another group of uh, you know experts right. that think they know Dr. best. Dr. Fauci's. You know, and, and and I've always said, you know, I I know you were in social work, and that's not the same as um, psychiatrists. And well, and, we we, and we ran in the same circles. Therapists. They were part of our team. But you know, I've always I've always said to people, you know, if, if psychiatrists and therapists were always so wonderful, they'd never be fat, they'd never be drug addicts, they'd never be divorced or narcissistic. Well, no, but they wouldn't be. If this worked, if this truly worked, if psychiatry worked for a thousand percent of the people, a thousand percent of the times, you'd never have all those. But the, but but they're Loretta, wait, some of these people are psychotic. Tell me how you really feel. How, how, how does it make you feel? About what? Well, I, I'm just reflecting back to reflecting you. Reflecting back. You know, I'm just let's let's I, take I'm a not, m- take a that, breath. What do you, you know? What do you think? think about it? Yeah. And the other thing they never say to you, and it, you realize it's a boondog because when you go to them, they say, say never ask why. Hmm. You, you get that? And go, yeah. 
because that's where all that's where all the answers lie is when you when you can answer why to anything right that's where the answers are and that's what people that struggle with an issue it doesn't matter what it is if you can answer the why then you don't need to know the how come and how do you feel about it because the why answers all that and so the first thing they do you go don't ask why right don't ask why and you go why why well, no i said just don't ask why and that's how they get you. And that's where we are now. We're in a place where we're told, don't ask the why. And that's what this is, is another. And I'm pretty sure if you Google it enough, you'd find an organization within the, uh, an infrastructure within the government of the state of Alaska that's just ready to be expanded. Oh, yeah. And this is what's happened is they've gone to somebody and they've said, well, we need. Well, and they added the it federal. It could be under Anne they, Zink's they, thing. They added the federal language, which really... No. really worried me because they invited the feds in the door. Yeah, they said, well, hey, this law applies to you guys, too. Yeah, that's so where, so yeah. if you send somebody from the, the yeah. Federal Public Health Administration yeah. into town yeah. or the CDC or the yeah. NIH or any of these folks, yeah. and, and, and you're the expert on the scene when yeah. Roger has a meltdown about his yeah. mask, yeah. well, now Roger can be detained. And you know what? He might do something to harm himself or others while he's in detention, which would necessitate yet more but detention. The, again, the, the, the hard part of it because becomes where you've got someone who wants to go into that profession, and, and they're looking at it as, you know, we've talked to people, we need more jobs in Alaska. We need more jobs in Alaska. Well, well I, heard, I heard another term that, that I hadn't used, or hadn't yeah. heard it before, but it makes sense, this idea of the beta male. Right, you've heard of the the alpha male. Yeah, I have. I well, I've worked with the beta male. I've worked with the with the OCS worker who who has a miserable life, and the world did them wrong, and they a lot of them are damaged because they grew up in difficult households as well, and 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 they join OCS, and all of a sudden they get all this power. This power, this this ability to walk into somebody's home, their their inner sanctum. And judge them, but you know based on their own but, standards. But you know what's wrong with that? We used to call those bullies, right? No, we used, and now we've. I, I, well, beta, I've read those. Beta is just just a code for bully. Well, but it, I could talk to you about the whole. It's, it used to. It tends to be males that are talking about other males as beta males. Women yeah. don't talk right. about other right. men as I have never. But I've basically said, the Napoleon syndrome. You know, little man, yeah, it, little it, man it who is. finds power and is, is going to get it back and, and we at make the it, world. We make it sound wonderful by Hyper saying, intellectual. you know, beta male. I, I <laughs> tend to agree I just with think that. of the fish that likes to get angry at the mirror when he sees a reflection of himself. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, that would be a better yeah. use of the term beta. Not in the Latin, but no. beta as the fish. Yeah, it's the fish. You know, the fish that gets the all fish. puffed up. Yeah. You know, he sees himself in his own shadow and... Goes into but, fight mode. But I just, I, I think these men are bullies. I think we've, uh, because what do you do with women that are like that? Because there's women that go into these. Be very careful. <laughs> they because they the, will write you anonymous yeah, letters. Exactly. Because you can tell it's a woman that did that because, they, they, you know, women are the ones that write nasty notes to other women in the neighborhood. You know. I'll bet you that person was once the president of an HOA. Oh, probably. That's where it would come from, thinking <laughs> that the they PTA. have power over everyone. Yeah. Decide yeah. it takes six months to decide on paint colors, you know. Right. Because it's, 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 but there, they're there you go again. That, that's, that's that Napoleon syndrome. People who are powerless, who've never had power in their life, and you give them a little bit of it, 
And all of a sudden, they will rule their kingdom, whatever kingdom that is, however large or small it may be. And, and woe to the person who unwittingly stumbles within its territories. And, and well, so this whole, this whole mental health thing is, is really uh, concerning. Um, it, and and uh, Mr. McCabe and a whole bunch of other Republicans signed off on it. Well, it's, it's frightening that they can't look back 50 years and see that they actually, 50 years ago, they were undoing what these people are trying to redo. And it didn't work 50 years ago. And I guess it's the old communist argument. Well, they just haven't done communism hard and good enough. And we're smarter than they were. So we're just going to do communism better. And it'll it'll work out this time. So our encouragement to you this week is ask questions. Uh, Be a disruptor. Uh, but not too disruptive, well, because be, you might be seen yeah. as someone in crisis. Yeah, cynicism works too. Just be very cynical. Be very about cynical. Things. Cynical. Be works. Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> Canadian cynicism. Apologize for everything. Admit nothing. But I am an outlier because I I, I watch what they're doing back there, and it's just they actually are. are complaining about each other still to this day right right if you go around without a, a mask on in certain neighborhoods and oh i've just just been watching some recaps some highlights of just the the crazy people down south that now that the mask mandates have been lifted yeah they're still wandering around screaming at people I, yeah I, about I, I not just, wearing their mask yeah it's just it, it's amazing and some of the information that's come out that you the the vaccines don't work never did work and actually uh that's a myth work to what do you mean? That they don't work? <laughs> the, the fact checkers have just informed me that, that that's not true. You, you actually talk the ones in Bangladesh? The ones in my head. <laughs> your head. There's voices in my head. That's hey, probably uh, a sign uh, of instability. No. Uh, you know what it is? It's really funny because I, I talked to somebody else, and I think it's a guy thing uh, that, that don't have voices. Women, we tend to have voices that talk to us in really? our heads. Not, tell us about these voices. What do you mean tell? Well, no, they're the ones that say, well, no, you shouldn't have done that. Or can't you just drive over that person, you know, to get them out of the way, you know? Or, But we talk it The only voice then, I have is like, man, that was stupid. You know. It's like, leave me alone. You actually don't have voices that give you alternative ways of doing no, things? No, no. I'm uh, not the Murphy Brown kind of guy. You know, okay. I mean, it would be funny. I guess. My whole life is a Seinfeld episode. Yeah. Just, just summarize, you know, just okay. Kramer, just, just, just empty, empty, you know, life, comical nothing. sometimes. How is you it? Know. It's, it there's, there's always an angry, angry uh, Jewish man yelling, yeah. you know, why are we talking yeah. about this? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I actually, when you talk about Am Jewish. Am I balding? No. <laughs> but you brought it up. I watched this TikTok video and it was a liber- on liberals of TikTok. And she was trying to describe what she does. She's one of these t- teachers that's teaching children transgenderism stuff and she was describing who she was and she's jewish obviously and she says well i'm jewish so i do those jew kind of things and those are the words she used i've actually bookmarked it so i'm quoting the woman and she said i eat bagels and there was one other thing and i thought that is so like that is so racist (laughs) disturbing that you would that your version because you're jewish 
her version of being a Jew is was, a stereotype. It was a stereotype <laughs> of eating bagels and something else. It was so horrific. I bookmarked it. I thought, no, no, I gotta, I gotta be able to look at this again. I, I've got a bunch of Jewish friends, and I don't know of any of them talking about eating bagels. But, but, I haven't even seen them eat a bagel. But this is how much they hate themselves. This is how much they hate everything. And we're talking about the liberals right now. This is a liberal of TikTok. Yeah, the, the, this is yeah, a yeah. she's she actually put a TikTok on of how she converts children to transgenderism, but she said first of all I need to introduce myself to you and tell you where I'm coming from. Mm. My pronouns are they them. This is and oh, I'm a Jew, so I do Jewy kind of things. And one of them was like eating bagels and kibitz with my friends. And I thought you, you, you know, you people are caricatures of real people. Yeah, who, That's who what was they are. that? Who was that Saturday Night Live skit? The, the, there was always oh. the Jewish, uh, oh. the Barbara Streisand. Oh yeah, yeah. you know, no. she was she was a like a oh, perennial guest. Yeah, forget you her know. Name. But, but uh, I think you know. Mike Myers pa- played played the 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 Jewish lady. But you that know, was on you can console yourself that maybe Dunleavy. Uh, is becoming a caricature of himself in that he's he's why you would want to take on a policy that's cosplaying as a conservative. Yeah, fifty. But he's ye- not even doing that but, well. But fifty years ago, this policy was rejected. Right. It was worldwide. It's, it says it started in Europe. They started deinstitutionalizing people in Europe. And how, probably because some of those and, policies. And how there isn't a broader public outcry on this, I have because no, people forgot. I have no idea Pe- why people forgot that it's it liberty, won- man. I mean, it's liberty. We, if you don't hold to your liberty, I mean, here's your republic if you can keep it. No, I don't think conservatives you know? understand what it means to be conservatives anymore. Because I, I think we think I'm conservative as long as my road is plowed. I don't even want to call myself conservative. I want to just say I love liberty. So let's do that. I actually even make it more granular. I just want to be left alone. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I, mean, I just That's another form of liberty. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not even going to word use the L word. I just want to be left alone. You leave me alone in my property, in my car, in what I buy my food, in the things I say and what I wear. Just leave me alone. And I'm uh, even you. <laughs> I'm not talking about I told them. you you can have a break, okay? So calm down. <laughs> yeah. You get the summer but off, I, I mean. <laughs> I'm saying even other conservatives. Yeah. See, we don't leave each other alone either. Yeah. Because think about the, you know. Like, well, I was I was definitely doing some some uh, some Facebook uh, oh. uh, fackle. Uh, I, w- I was I was I was spreading fackle matter. <laughs> <laughs> Much to Mr. McCabe's chagrin, because he believes that anybody spreading fackle matter should be canceled and silenced and censored. He a can good, just good, ignore strong you. Conservative, just, good, con- strong conservative position to take, right? I, I Cancel, guess. censor, I, I guess, but do silence. Not, I always laugh because when you're reading, say, something where you have a lot of people that troll somebody or something, and I'm not understanding why you can't just ignore the trolls. Like, just ignore them. I'm not understanding why you have to, why you have to engage with them. Yeah. Yeah, well... Like, if he it's, doesn't it's, like what you're saying, if Mr. McCabe right, doesn't right. like... Just ignore you. Right, right. Seriously. But he can't. Because I'm inside his head now. Oh, well... Because he knows, he knows that he was wrong. But then that's his problem. Right, but it's that's our problem, problem too. Because he's passing laws that are bad for us. And, and, and they're laws that are antithetical to leaving you alone. So... <laughs> 
you know, uh, and that's that that's that's the power of uh, any activist group, yeah. whether it's yeah. the you know NAACP or the ACLU or or Americans Young Americans for Liberty or Americans for Prosperity yeah. or you know name name your alphabet soup whoever yeah. they are. Their whole World point, Wildlife Federation, you know, right, right, just, right. Their whole uh, Greenpeace, you yeah, know, it's, Greenpeace. It's to get inside your head and camp, mm-hmm. you know, and camp there as long as possible until you either alter your behavior or go insane or quit. And and uh, it, politicians don't like people camping in their heads. Yeah, and the the, the simplest solution here is just do what you said you were going to do, yeah, and actually follow the ethos of the platform that you ascribe to or or associate yourself with if or you if you're going to change your mind tell people tell people hey i've changed my mind this is why yeah. and if you want to change it back like like with steve what is it crow crow steven crowder crowder mm-hmm. louder with crowder well but he you know changed my mind right you know? he sits there with this change my mind and 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 you can't because he so believes what he believes right He's not pedantic about it. Oh, no, no, you know. He's just, no, I don't believe it. This is why. Yeah. Ben Shapiro is another you, you one. You can't that, give a compelling enough argument, no. then I'm not going to reconsider. No, and why should we? Why should any of us? That's why I believe in stupid. Because you were told to. It's why I believe in stupid, because it's I've never... It's for the greater good. I've never been given a good excuse to believe that people are not stupid doing what they're doing. <laughs> okay. I see no signs of intelligence. Uh, whatsoever no signs of intelligence and on that note uh, it looks like stupid has won the day because I haven't I'm just I'm just tired of evil people and <laughs> see there you go it's so, much easier so to think the of them ev- as stupid the evil people are in my head and I'm in theirs there you uh, go so it's a it's a what's that what's that they called that during the cold war Mutual assured destruction oh yeah man you mutually know. assured yeah, destruction yeah yep. uh, you push the button and I'll push mine yep and uh, here we go Get ready for the fallout, ladies and gentlemen. As long as we can stay together and joyful throughout, maybe we can have a big party when the ashes are done falling. (laughs) You've been listening to the Ammo Can Coffee Social Club Conservative Hour of Power and Enlightenment Salon. And I'm going to leave you with some outro music, which normally I should be fading in by this time, but you're going to get to listen to the entire unadulterated outro without me saying anything at all.